What is one thing that God gives us that we have to give to others? Forgiveness. Welcome to week two of a message series to kick off our fall season called Get in the Game. If you weren't with us last week, let me take a quick moment to bring you up to speed with what we've been talking about. To take our faith seriously, we've been saying, you cannot simply sit on the sidelines. We need to do the practical things that get us out of the grandstand, off of the bench, and into the game. Last week, we talked about how discipleship is a team sport. And to get in the game, there have to be people around us who we can share our faith with. And if this idea of of living our faith together or, or faith as a team sport is something which is foreign to you, then I would like to invite you to join us for Jumpstart. Jumpstart is a place where you will not only receive a spiritual charge, but you're also going to be connected to people who are looking for the same thing. If you'd like to learn more, um, see the people who are handing out these cards after Mass. You cannot live your faith alone because we're all in this together. And since we're all in this together, then sometimes it happens that we rub shoulders or bump helmets. This is a result of that inherited brokenness that we all have called original sin. Intentionally or not, others irritate, hurt, offend, and treat us unfairly. And intentionally or not, we, you, irritate, hurt, offend, and treat others unfairly too. As the saying goes, Hurt people, hurt people. Unless you want to live a life that becomes less and less happy because your relationships get more and more fractured, then you gotta be ready and willing to forgive. You can't hold on to unforgiveness in your heart if your heart is in the game. All of us at one point or another have been the recipient of either a real or a perceived insult, injury, or mistreatment. And then as a result of that, we get that persistent feeling of ill will called a grudge or resentment. And I just wanna say, contrary to what you may have heard, the well-balanced Irishman is not the one who has a chip on both shoulders. No, the well-balanced Irishman, or really anybody, we don't pick on the Irish, anybody for that matter, is the person who's not carrying a chip on either shoulder and who has no grudges or resentments. As difficult as forgiving can be, it's worth it. It's worth it because it's not really us who hold on to the grudges, but rather it's the grudges that hold on to us. And then when we're in the grip of a grudge, we get vengeful, spiteful, and vindictive, and vindictive. And these things rob us of our joy and make us unpleasant to be around. So letting go of grudges and embracing forgiveness 
is the gateway to happiness. Forgiveness is the conscious decision to let go of a wrong we've suffered. Forgiveness is the conscious decision to let go of a wrong we've suffered. And when you do that, even if it's only an an internal posture and not something that's necessarily externally manifested, it's then that for us, new beginnings are possible. In our gospel today, Jesus, to quote the Godfather, (laughs) makes us an offer we can't refuse. (laughs) God's gonna forgive us all of our sins, no matter how great, no matter how numerous they are. But, he says, you gotta forgive your brother from your heart. So I watched the the clips from The Godfather recently, that's why I'm... (laughs) So here's the offer. (laughs) It's an either or. Either you can hold on to grudges and lose your happiness and risk your eternal salvation, or you can let go of grudges through forgiveness and receive healing and peace and the knowledge that your salvation is assured. So unless you are too puffed up with pride It really is an offer you can't refuse. We have a vested interest in forgiving because we get so much. The gospel today opens with Peter asking Jesus a question. He says, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Now, I don't know, but I'm guessing this question didn't just come out of nowhere. Somebody must have really done something to make Peter's blood boil, and then they did it again. (laughs) And since seven was considered a perfect number, I bet Peter thought his proposal for forgiving seven times was pretty generous. But Jesus responds, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. Now, the Greek that this comes through is a little unclear. One translation says 77. Another translation says 70 times 7. But to be clear, God isn't using 77 or 490 as an upper limit for the number of times that we have to forgive an offense. Jesus is using hyperbole because our forgiveness, like God's, should be limitless. St. John of Avila puts it like this. If they annoy you 50,000 times, that's how often you need to forgive them. Your patience has to get ahead of your bad feelings, wearing them out before they provoke more harm. When we lash out or stew in anger, we lose our peace of heart and we prevent true healing from happening. 
In the parable that Jesus tells next, he shows what happens when the forgiveness that we expect for ourselves is not the same forgiveness that we extend to others. In the parable, there is a servant who owes the king a debt he cannot pay. So he begged the king, and the king had mercy on him and forgave the debt. For us, when we receive God's mercy, especially in confession, we get two things. We're not only strengthened against falling into these past sins, these same sins again, but also we are, more, we are made more ready to extend that same forgiveness to others. Shockingly though, that isn't what happened with this servant. Instead, this servant found a fellow servant who owed him a comparatively insignificant amount. We're talking like $100 versus a million dollars. And for this, he demands strict justice. And the fellow servant pleas, but his pleas fell on deaf ears, and the unforgiving servant has him thrown in prison. When the king finds out about this, he's not too happy. In fact, he summons the unforgiving servant before him and he says to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should not you have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Instead of remembering what he was owed, the unforgiving servant would have done better to remember how much he had been forgiven. Because the fact of the matter is this, we only get what we give. We only get what we give. You know, think of the, the Lord's prayer that we pray each day. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. To get in the game, Jesus calls us to a very high level of mercy and forgiveness. And while we cannot earn his forgiveness, it's a a gift, we can lose it. We can lose it if we don't live it out and pass it around. Now it's true though, some wounds have been inflicted upon us, they're they're so great. Some wounds are so great that we cannot help but remember them or feel their pain. Maybe through an act of violence, abuse, or treachery, something was taken from you that can never be given back. Well, even in these difficult situations, Jesus wants you to let go of the offense so that you can experience his healing touch and receive his mercy. And in so doing, Jesus wants to give you something which is much better. Admittedly, this requires a lot of faith. But the more we choose to live with faith, the more we'll begin to see that the only real evil in this life is sin. And if you get to a really elite level, it might even be the case that you no longer have to forgive because you hardly feel offended. So two questions that we might take to our prayer this week. Am I holding on to 
any past grudges, hurts, or resentments. And then, to get in the game, am I willing to forgive others as God has forgiven me?